the F1 pod on Off The Ball. Surprised by the comments from the FIA that they want more teams and less races. Over the last few years, all we've done is add races. So that less race comment in particular is an interesting Listen to one. the F1 pod on Off The Ball for free, wherever you get your podcasts. Off The Ball Breakfast. Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show. You are welcome back to Off The Ball Breakfast. It's nearly 12 minutes past nine on this Friday morning. Delighted to have you with us. We are going to look ahead now to the Nations League game tonight in Tala. Quarter six kickoff. It's the Republic of Ireland against Albania. Delighted to say a host of the Girls on the Ball podcast, uh, Rachel O'Sullivan, is in studio. Rachel, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks How's for having me. How's it going? Me. Yeah, very well. Glad to be back. Uh, this kickoff time is a pain, but uh, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Kathleen is delighted that Kathleen is with us as well. Kathleen, how are you getting on? I'm good, thank Friday, you. She said earlier on, can I reveal the... Yeah, yeah, yeah you can go for it. I can get my Friday night pint now, was, uh, was what happened. Fair. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> well, like, there's Priorities. nothing grimmer mm. than like it's a Friday night. Of it's like holiday. eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. You're still in Tala, wait, like finishing up. You've just finished up the interviews or whatever, and you're like sending off everything. And you know, you just have to go home, but that's yeah. it. I mean, mm. you guys were talking about what you do on a bank holiday on a Friday earlier, so uh, just... totally. You don't need to excuse yourself. <laughs> yeah. Explaining is is, uh, is losing. Yeah. So seven ga- uh, seven goals, obviously, in the last uh, couple of games against sides that are ranked much higher than Albania. But then actually, you look at how Albania have gone on over the last couple of games and they've been all right. My initial expectation was there's going to be a goal fest, but possibly tighter than that. Yeah, like when you look at how they did, they, they lost one nil to Northern Ireland, one one with Hungary as well. Given their rankings. Um, you would have thought there'd be a, a lot of goals scored against them, but they seem maybe fairly organised. Maybe they're used to defending. Um, you know, they've not been a national team for all that long, really. I think they were developed in 2011 or something like that. Mm. So, um, not bad. They haven't played a lot of teams in the kind of top 10, top 20, um, and therefore haven't cons- been conceding a huge amount of goals. Could be a different story against Ireland. Um, we shall see. But I think the main thing is Ireland have their shooting boots on at the moment, which mm. is. Uh, Something that's quite exciting. Tyler Toland's return seems to be the the headline grabber. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, I hoped that maybe by this stage it'd be kind of old news now, mm. and she could kind of just settle into the squad and not be thinking. Looking back, I think she said that she very much wants to look forward now. She's kind of she's had the the, the first game back, had those questions mm. in the first round, perhaps. Um, and I'd say she just wants to look forward now, focus on her yeah. future. Um, it's not helpful when you've uh, Denise Sullivan saying stuff like she's a fantastic player. Like she was never gone, class player, and then Gavin Comiskey, you see in the Irish Times this morning, going as far as to say a rare talent. Uh, and we don't want to pour over the last three years, but then you see her playing. She's not helping her own cause by uh, being so good. <laughs> well, no, I remember last time I was asked, do I think she'll start? And I wasn't, I wasn't too sure whether she would. And she comes on and gets player of the match. I know. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting when you listen to what Eileen Gleeson has been saying, like specifically after that game when she did play so well. And she said, you know, in the time that she's been gone, she's been playing a lot more regular football than she was. Like she had that whole situation where she was in with Man City for a bit, but she wasn't really playing all that much and then was moving around a lot. So she is getting much more regular football now. She seems to have matured a lot as a player. So like, I know there's obviously everything that has gone on before, but I think this is also like a good time for her in that, you know, her club is really steady. She scored at the weekend. We had an all Irish score sheet with her and Saoirse Noonan getting on the score sheet. But um, I think a lot of things are aligning right now for it to be a good time for her to come in and impress the way she has. And long may it continue because that's exactly what we want for this Irish squad. Uh, does it also help address the old uh, uh, chestnut about trying to get uh, Denise Sullivan maybe to a lesser degree but Katie McCabe a little bit further up the pitch and into the box to have somebody of that quality there? Yeah, I think it massively helps. Um, Tyler's kind of said it herself, She's she likes to be simple, touch pass, touch pass, um, which, you know, that kind of 
maybe a little bit more defensive solidity there from her and it allows a bit more freedom for Ireland to play more attacking football. Um, I'm hoping maybe we'll see someone like an Izzy Atkinson or someone coming on to play with Katie McCabe to allow Katie McCabe to push up. I think you're going to need those overlaps on a team that's probably going to bank up quite a bit. Mm. Or Megan Campbell might also help. Yeah, definitely. Um, be great to see her get back on the pitch. She's had a few minutes for Everton so far this season, not a whole bunch. but So I think if she does come on, it will definitely be later on in the game. Um, but yeah, it would be great to have her back on the pitch for Ireland. Not, not a starter. I don't think so. Yeah, she I don't think she's played huge. enough time. No, she's not probably not totally match fit yet. I don't think. Um, you, you can never like. I, hopefully, she'll get she'll get on. Mm. But yeah, not. There's only one game she's come on so far this season for Everton, and oh, yeah. it was a substitute, yeah. and it was later on in the game. So yeah. she doesn't really have the minutes behind her to start the game. That lack of game time effect in Marissa Shiva as well. Eileen Gleeson obviously citing that. It's probably fair enough. You can't really argue with the manager when they say oh, not playing enough football. Yeah, especially when you've got players who are playing and playing well. Um, it's quite a nice position to be in. I think Ireland maybe aren't necessarily used to being in a, in a group that they're dominating mm. and can be comfortable in. And it's a really good opportunity for managers to actually you know, bring players in or leave players out. And I think with the Nations League, that was something I was worried about, is that you wouldn't get a huge amount of that because every game's must win, every game's competitive. Um, but actually, given the way Ireland are going in the group, it actually allows them to maybe bring in new players mm. Be comfortable in a mm-hmm. in a um, in a group, which is a, a nice thing to have. <laughs> I do love how things have slightly changed, like our viewpoint on this Nations League. So I remember when it was first announced and that we were going to be in League B and talking to like Karen Duggan and Emma Byrne about it on the Quigley podcast. Like, of course, Emma has to say good things about it now that she's in the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That. But even before that. The two of them, the two of them were very much like, you know, this is an absolute travesty that we're here, and it's really bad for Irish football. And then in the months since, they're like, oh, this is really good. Like we're having the opportunity to try players out in different formations, and we're getting an opportunity to give people minutes. And you know, we're scoring goals, and it's really positive. Mm. And I, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people's views have shifted a little bit towards that. Um, like cause I, I know this because I said it to them, and the two of them like absolutely cut me down on the spot when I suggested it back when the Nations League was actually brought up. But uh, I think we can qualify if we win the next two games. We're pretty much... It guarantees yeah. at least a playoff. But I think, yeah, you're pretty, we're pretty much there, aren't we? It's, yeah. it's a nice position to be in, but it also gives the team an experience of being confident and playing confident football and creating chances, being clinical, um, because that's the kind of thing you're going to need practice in when you go into mm. Roubaix, potentially. Well, fingers crossed. Mm. And it's something I put to Eileen and Denise yesterday at the press conference because when you look at all the Irish players' form outside of the actual national side, it's really good at the moment. Mm. Like we have several players who are scoring consistently. I know everyone mentions like Kenny McCabe scoring bangers, but it actually goes well beyond her. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, we had Saoirse Noon and Tyler Toland. Kira Caruso has been doing great things over in San Diego under Casey Stoney. Um, like Megan Connolly had a really, really good game at the weekend. It's it seems to be a vibe that's throughout the team. Um, and whatchamacallit, and obviously Denise Sullivan went out in, in the NWSL over the weekend, but she's just been going to strength to strength as she always does. Mm. So, Does it also mean that you kind of have, like, um, you talk about the forward options and, um, like, Amber Barrett hasn't got a huge, a little bit of game time over the last couple of games. Izzy Atkinson got a decent run for Lucy Quinn in the Hungary game, but it's been Quinn and Caruso that she's kind of leaned on. But for a player like Abby Larkin, who seems to be like of that Tyler Tolan mould obviously of a kind of a rare talent and um, and a great personality it seems as well around the place but like when you're winning games and 
again a game like tonight where it's a very much lower seeded opposition where we are expecting goals. It's at home. Good game to give her a start in, Abby Larkin? Yeah, I'd, I'd think so. I think, again, a great opportunity is to develop those relationships and those link-up plays and for her to have confidence playing with the uh, the national side and the senior side. Um, you know, one side of me thought maybe she'd be putting on youngsters and giving them the start and then she comes out and says complacency is our enemy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's swing back the other way and think, OK, maybe they want to be really dominant in this game. Um, if they do do that, though, I think we'll, we'll see early changes as opposed to kind of waiting until the, the last five, ten minutes. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see some of the youngsters get a start. Who starts up front? What's the thinking? I think it has to be Caruso yeah. still. Like, because that's... Whatever about these games also being good for, you know, developing young players and stuff, we also want to try and start putting in place a system that whoever comes in next can take up. Like I talked about this earlier in the week that whichever manager does come in, for me, one of the big things for them will be trying to get some friendlies against bigger opposition so that we are not totally resting on the idea that we're this goal scoring machine now like it's great and it's really positive what's happening but also we need to keep in mind the level of opposition we have and make sure that we are also testing ourselves um so for me that's going to be important and for that to happen I think we do need to keep like the bones of the team that we are going to start in those bigger matches or say when we are in league a not too much tinkering Yeah, I think so. I think like there are certain positions where, you know, you could say bring in Abby Larkin today if you wanted to, or you could bring in Izzy Atkinson or you could start like chucking on players a little bit early. But I do think by and large, it's important to keep a structure and a framework to the team. For people who haven't seen Caitlin Hayes playing yet for for Celtic, um, what what can we expect? Like she's dangerous from set pieces is the general She was idea. immense uh, against Northern Ireland. Yeah. She was absolutely She scored a couple of times mm. since then as yeah. well for Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite exciting. You know, you rely so much on Louise Quinn and her coming up and putting the ball and now you've got more players that can do that. Um, is a very exciting prospect, especially from set pieces. It just gives Ireland another string to their bow, mm. I suppose. And I think especially, you know, I know we talk about expecting goals, but we don't play a lot of teams that we're going to drop back defensively. Normally that, that's us. Um, so actually... That's something that Ireland's going to have to contend with. Set pieces are going to be important, not just you know your Caruso's mm. up front. Um, so another opportunity potentially for her to get in the score sheet. That'll be great. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well because it gives us the opportunity to, like, if you do, say, chuck Louise up for those sort of set pieces, you players or teams won't know if we're targeting her, if we're targeting Caitlin, or if like it's a thing where it's Megan Connolly maybe putting in the ball and she targets it in the box but then Katie's also sitting outside the box because as we saw at the weekend she's very good at when the ball comes to her of just smashing one into a top corner yeah yeah. so you know it's just is expanding those options and it was something that Eileen Gleeson said that she had worked on with the team prior to the last international window was those set pieces because it was one of the things I noticed in Australia it's something that we were so reliant on and it, they were disappointing a lot of the time. Um, I Back felt like the corners. That was the uh, yeah. <laughs> mm, of course. Oh yeah, that there was that one that was all right, I suppose. <laughs> um, but you know, it was one of the things that I thought we would be stronger at because yeah. we are so reliant a lot of the time on set pieces to get goals, except for the last couple of games where, because of the opposition we've been playing, we have been able to get those chances from open play, which is important because I think confidence is a big thing. Mm. And Don Caldwell, we need to. We're going to talk about Ireland Leeson in a second, and we've uh, <laughs> before talking about the obvious. Uh, but Don Caldwell, a hundred caps, and like for a player who really put her neck in the block a couple of months ago, um, she's back and she's back in favour and playing well, and a huge landmark for her, obviously this evening. Massive, um, and to do it in, in Tala as well, it makes it extra special. So 
hopefully a little bit of a celebration of some sort for her. Um, but yeah, another you know hard grafting player who's been been there, been there when it's been difficult, mm-hmm. um, and gotten her rewards. So yeah, another good centurion to add to the list. Yeah. When you're looking at the list of players, even on the, in the squad, it just struck me as well that Aaron McLaughlin is the only domestic player, I guess, uh, at the moment with PMO of the of the 26. Like, is that something that you guys would see as increasing in, in in years to come, or is that perhaps not that surprising at this juncture that there's only one? Um, I don't think it may be hugely surprising given the speed at which international football is developing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know having fully professional players has been a big reason that. Ireland is succeeding, I think. Um, but you would want it to start swinging back the other direction because we should be seeing a benefit from Ireland starting to perform well and going to major tournaments. We should be seeing that trickle down. Um, so you'd like to see maybe the pendulum starting to swing back the other direction. Mm. Um, as I said, things like a Nations League make it difficult to <clears throat> bring in young players and give them those opportunities when you're expected to win every game or you're expected to perform, especially if you end up in League A and every game's going to be very, very difficult and you're trying to qualify for major tournaments. So I'd like to think <clears throat> as things even out and as major tournaments kind of we get more of a break between them again, um, we might start seeing that swing back into to players from, from domestically here getting into the, the national team. You'd want to see it. Okay. Eileen Gleeson. <laughs> Is she or isn't she? Um, it seems like she might not be. Um, let's have a listen to Eileen herself asked about the inevitable question during the week. I mean, Johnny, if I had ambitions to manage a team, this is the team I'd love to manage. So, the focus is on the head of women and girls football role. So, you know, it's a super difficult decision. You know, that's that's what it is. But I need to ensure that these girls continue to move forward and that the future generation also continues to move forward. So, I have to make that decision. But if I wanted to manage any team, it's this team. Yeah. That's not no, like. I I think it is. Like, she has said... it's like the door is open. No, what she said, yeah, like, what she consistently said, and, like, that's only 20 seconds of it, but, like, she was asked this question about five different times, (laughs) five different ways, and she was getting frustrated by the end of it. But what, like, for me, what she's saying, like, she has ruled herself out. She has explicitly said... I'm not going to be the next manager of this team. What I think she is saying is that she's not ruling herself out of coaching completely in the future. Mm. And what she was saying yesterday was, if I wanted to coach, this is the team I'd want to coach. So while right now she might not be the next (coughs) Ireland manager, I don't know if that totally rules her out somewhere down Mm. the line to come in and take it. Like she has said quite a few times, and that's I've probably talked to her about four or five times between last international break and this international break and she always goes back to that head of development role and how important it is to her and how right now this like the coaching thing isn't just what she wants so which is kind of a shame because like if you drop your shortlist she's top of the list isn't she like yeah like I think she has a really good understanding and I think she has also this isn't to do down anything that she's done because I think she was the perfect person for right now but she did come in at a time where the opposition was prime for a good story. And, you know, mm. she's familiar to a lot of Irish fans. She has a really good standing within the league. You know, there's a lot of good things and people have a lot of good associations with Eileen Gleeson, which after everything that happened is probably what we needed to take us through this. But I also wouldn't say that there's not maybe other international managers out there who 
could do an equally as good job. I thought the interesting thing was mm. that when she declined to comment on whether um, any of her background staff have contracts that'll take them past when she's there, because it felt like they were building a backroom staff that could stay on longer. So, if only we knew somebody who was. <laughs> I've tried, Adrian. I have tried. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has blocked my phone number at this stage. <laughs> like, is it not possible? And this will be my last stab at it, but that. Like, because she is kind of ideal, and I know you're saying obviously there would be other mm. people that would uh, definitely fit the bill as well. But for like a lot of the reasons that you're saying, would also be to recommend her for in the long term. And I know that obviously there's that conflict of I've got a job over here that's not really sort of impacted by the um, flippant results of international football, and this is a long term pensionable plan, let's say, versus like I could be out of a job in six months. Mm. Who knows how the hell this thing goes? So I do understand the attraction. Equally, if you have somebody in the FAI sitting down and going, listen, don't worry about that stuff over there. We're going to look after it. You go and do this thing because you're the ideal person for it. Like the no today can be very quickly, can very quickly become a yes next week. Is she, is she just like a, and this is probably a terrible example, like the Ralph Rangnick type who loves the kind of oh, overarching sure. behind the scenes stuff? Like no, but the development stuff, the coaching, the coaching, and he hates the front and centre media pressure of the job. I don't think she hates the front and centre. Like mm. I think she's very good at the front and centre stuff and she's very... Like, she is a steady ship. Anytime you talk to her, she has most of her answers prepared. She knows what she wants to say. I do think, I think partly what the dream behind the development role is, that is because she has coached at all those different levels and, like, played along the way. And she has seen exactly what football and women's football in this country needs. And she has a set plan that's the impression I get from her and that's the reason why she wants to take it on. Yeah, I think now is actually quite a key time in that role. It feels like the game has grown massively, you know, we've qualified for major mm. tournament. Now is the time to have the right person in that role to capitalise on that. And I think she probably has, you know, one eye. She's been so devoted to that for so long. Mm. She's not just going to be like, oh, well, this has come up, so forget forget all the work I've put in there yeah, necessarily. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what you're saying is she's closing the door on it now, but she doesn't want to slam it shut forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there are so many things that we... The FAI has consistently said they wanted to use the, the dreaded word legacy of the World Cup to push things on here. I won't lie, I am still waiting to see what that is, and I'm curious. I would have expected a little bit more to come out so far about, like, what they actually plan to do in some way, and I know maybe the managerial stuff has distracted from it, but, you know... Simple stuff like I saw on the front page of the paper for Trinity during the week that they had a front page story that the women's soccer team was entitled to same budget as the men's, but they weren't getting it. So as a result, the players were funding their own kits and they were funding their own bus journeys. And as a result, they weren't like wearing matching kits. And I know it sounds like something minor, but it's important Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, we have a lot of that doesn't come under FAI remit, obviously, but there's a lot of different things that, you know, we need to focus on. And I think Eileen is the perfect person to have in that role at the moment because she does know all the ins and outs. And I don't know, would you get someone better in that role? Whereas I think there's more options for the manager. One of the other big selling points tonight is obviously uh, there'll be loads of goals. Uh, Katie McCabe is going to score a I'm banger for or two. Georgia. She's a, exactly a Georgia was definitely Georgia on my mind, and a, she's a Ballon d'Or nominee. Get out there and watch it. There's, it's sold out, despite my earlier um, misinformation. I did um, enjoy Eileen being like yesterday. She was asked, "Were they going to do anything to celebrate Katie on Monday, or like yeah. they had plans to watch it?" And she was like, "Well." we have to play Albania like Katie and her Ballon d'Or can wait. Yeah, I was she's like, right. That's, yeah. right. She's right. Fair enough. 
Um, but anyway, expectations, Rachel, then for tonight. What's the... Um, last time I got my score prediction weirdly right. So I'm going to go 4-0 again tonight, I think. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it will be crazy goals, but I think they will net a few, yeah. Mm. Okay. We'll take I'm it. I'm 4-0, but... Anna Katie McKay banger. Go yeah. on. Clean sheet <laughs> has to be the most important yeah. thing, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then on to Monday, obviously. Uh, Rachel, thanks a million for coming in. Uh, Girls on the Ball podcast, if people want to hear more. Kathleen, thanks a million. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the pint tonight. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'll text it to let you know if I do manage to get it. <laughs> a picture of the pint. I always love to see that coming into the WhatsApp. Off the Ball Breakfast. Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show.